Welcome to another edition of Bolton In, all thanks to Palmer Bed, of course. And, well, the band's back together. Uh, we've been uh, kind of mixing things up the last couple of weeks with unavailabilities and whatnot, but it's great to see everyone back. And uh, I'll go over to Copenhagen first, Shane Anderson. How are you, big fella? Matty, I am terrific. But most importantly, great to see that you are back. You are terrific. You're <laughs> of Warrnambool. You've survived another May Carnival. Brilliant coverage throughout the week. But uh, what a week of racing it was and uh, so many highlights. But importantly, it's great to have our very good friend Adam McGrath back with us as well. Uh, yeah, great to be with you guys. Uh, and as you mentioned there, Shane, Matt, I think it's uh, it's very lucky that you get out of there sometimes. I know you're the fan favourite down there. I get worried that you might get swarmed by the masses, but it was a brilliant racing of the bull and uh, great coverage by yourself as well. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Stayed up late here to watch it all. And yeah, the racing continues to get better and better, as does the crowd. I know we're going to talk about last week's racing or last weekend's racing, boys, but uh, how good is jumps racing going? You two blokes are really passionate about your jumps racing and, uh, you know, you love it. But, you know, 10, 12 years ago, boys, it was on its knees. Um, and to see the fields and the and the competitiveness and the, the, the races last week and the grand annual, what a spectacle it was and what a training performance by Kiramar and David Eustis. It's, it's wonderful to see, isn't it, boys? Yeah, as you touched on, amazing resurgence. Uh, we sort of talked about this a little bit during our bull preview. 12 years ago, the sport was, for all sense of purposes, pretty much dead in uh, the state of Victoria. Um, there was a massive anti-jumps racing element. But I'll give uh, the industry credit. They listened, they responded, they made changes, and now we're seeing, even though it's still a very small component of the broader racing industry in Australia, it's been given every chance to flourish. We've got some high-quality horses coming through. I mean, you just got to look at uh, the winner of the Grand Annual who was, what, picked out of uh, Europe and and targeted towards the race um, by Kira Maher and all of the connections, including Mike Simons, Brody Arnold, some real passionate racing, jumps racing people involved in it. So you're right. It's It's been given every chance to flourish. Uh, the challenge it's got is how it can continue to flourish when we know that there's only a small pocket of the sport now that has jumps racing, and that is uh, the, the part of Victoria uh, in Australia. So um, I love it. Great spectacle, uh, always enjoyable. Um, and, yeah, it's just a, and adds another layer of, of complexity to an opportunity for horses, you know, horses that can stay, horses that can jump. They're running for very good prize money. And as you touched on, Kira Ma, David Eustace, a dominant force in Australian training. They get sprinters at Group 1 level. They're winning grand annuals on a regular basis with uh, proven stayers. So it's just a, a great opportunity for all. Yeah, with what Shane was saying there, Matty, I mean, uh, a few horses that came to mind, uh, the one that won the first uh, Circle of the Sun, it was a horse that was racing in WA that needed four laps before it even got warm. You see <laughs> you come out and win a race finally. And then, I mean, the stories the year before for mine, I really enjoyed watching Aaron Mitchell, who was a jockey over in Perth and got a little bit too tall, a little bit too heavy, and was able to come out there and win. And then we saw Campbell Rawilla get his opportunity. And didn't he look very natural and like a future star coming through the ranks there. So there's always the, the great training performances. There's normally a jockey that pops up and then we go, oh, we watched him for the future as well. So, yeah, I thoroughly enjoyed it again. And Chris McCarthy, uh, what a wonderful story that is. Uh, you know, and by his own admission, he's probably second, third, fourth string uh, the Mar Eustace team. But, uh, you know, he, he just made the most of it. And uh, hopefully his career really flourishes uh, from here moving forward because you won't get a better bloke in the industry. It was so popular, um, you know, just such a popular win. And coming back to that Manning Yard was phenomenal. So good on him. But what about other highlights last week, boys? Uh, what was your, uh, Shane, I'll start with you, mate. What do you reckon? What was your highlight for the weekend? 
I'm going to be really honest, Maddie. Last weekend, I was so frustrated because I actually went into the weekend fairly bullish, fairly confident across the board, and I struggled. Like, I just some of the races I thought were going to go in a particular way didn't. Uh, thank goodness, old mate Zaki scrambled home because uh, I was cursing mid race because he didn't look like the winner to mine. And I think from James McDonald's perspective, he wasn't sure he was actually going to win, but the class of the horse uh, got him home in the Hollandale. Thank goodness. Uh, but look, I thought it was a really interesting weekend of racing. Uh, Zaki, not sure where he's at. Terrific first up behind Giga Kick in the All Age Stakes. He sort of scrambled home in the Hollandale when I expected him to be a sort of a wide margin winner. But he's so good. He's still going to be probably the benchmark and the favourite going into some of the other bigger races throughout the Winter Carnival. Love the win of Ruthless Dame. I sort of went against her in the Sangster, but she's an exciting young sprinting filly. Again, another one from the Ma Eustace Yard. And I'd love to see what her development could be over the next 6, 12 months. Um, she was a really, really strong winner of that race. Um, yeah, it was a good weekend of racing, but personally, there were a few that left me scratching my head. Adam, and I know from a punting perspective it can happen, but, uh, yeah, I was a little bit frustrated as we got to the end of last weekend. Yeah, I think the punt was a bit tough for a few people last weekend, as you mentioned. Uh, just on Ruthless Dame, John Allen, he's just remarkable. The bloke should move to South Australia full-time. I can't remember a group one he's lost over there. Every time he goes over, he's winning. And I saw a stat come out about his group one performances in South Australia. His strike rate is unbelievable. Uh, great by him. I would be lying if I said I wasn't cheering for Leon McDonald, Andrew Lewis, and Jason Holder when another award started flashing down the middle at 40-odd dollars as well. That was a really good run. And Probably the only other horse I wanted to talk about from the weekend was Globe, who came out in race seven. And over the 1,800 metres, this horse has got a lot of ability. It does a lot wrong. It still was looking around a little bit. It was eased down for a mile. But I'll be excited to see what Mick Price and Michael Kent Jr. do with this horse when it comes back in the spring. Yeah, just as you, you just touched on, you know, wants to run around, have a look around, uh, look at the grandstand, do everything wrong. Um, but gee whiz, uh, you know, that horse has got a huge ability and uh, plenty of upside. Certainly going to be something to watch, Shane. Yeah, can I just make a point on that? I want to sort of acknowledge Adam shouting out for Globe there because it's made me think Mick Price over his great training career. That's the sort of horse that he's had so much success with. You know, the ones that aren't the fully fully furnished model from day one where he can just tinker, get a little bit more out of them, change yeah. their program around a little bit. And, you know, I think he's actually a legitimate group one horse. I'd love to see him in one of the big spring handicap, uh, ideally handicap mile or up to 2,000 metre race, but he's a real emerging star and, yeah, I'm pretty excited by him. A big shout to you, Adam, for, for reminding me about him. He was terrific on the weekend. He screams Flemington, doesn't he, Shane? The way that he runs down sand and you get to see him on the big stage with a bit of speed in the race, just zooming past him at the 150 to go and, and winning impressively. So, yeah, the spring will be exciting for him. Hey, listen, boys, let's have a look at the uh, couple of group ones this weekend. Doombin 10,000. Uh, this is going to be a bell when we see... Giga Kick, uh, it is favourite, $1.70. So it opened up at 2 bucks. to be honest. That was a luxury in all-in betting, uh, all thanks to the team at Palmerbet. Has been absolutely smacked during the week into a $1.70. Aft Cabin uh, just eases ever so slightly out to $7. Marzu out to $8.50. Valana, $12. Overpass, $13. Eduardo at $16. Prince of Boom, $21. And Maria Mia at $27. Uh, I'm going to start with you, Adam McGrath. Uh, the Giga Kick gets the job done here, surely. Yeah, I'd like to get the replay of when this horse went around last time and Shane sang from the rafters declaring this and I followed <laughs> him in and it won easy. I mean, 
this is, I know it's a group one, but this is the easiest race he's faced in a long time as well. The, the competition isn't there compared to the usual runners. Now, racing, anything can happen. We know that. But on paper, he wins this and he wins this very comfortably. I don't think they get near him or challenge him. So it's never that easy. Clayton Douglas and Craig Williams will still have to work their magic out there. But for mine, I mean, the track's going to suit. They're going to be off a heavy track. They've got a great draw. Craig Williams knows the horse so well. Beaten up on these types before. There's going to be good speed in the race. Eduardo, Overpass, Prince of Boom. It all just sets up perfectly uh, for Giga Kick. So you mentioned that $2. I think that literally is luxury. I still think the $1.80, $1.75 is as well. And I think a lot of people will be putting into the multis. Uh, the value bet, look, I don't really have one, to be honest. I don't think any of these other horses are at their prime. Like Mazu wants the wet. Eduardo's Eduardo now. He's getting on a bit. The one I probably looked at and... Again, it won't be getting my money, but it's probably the value pick is a case of you. Um, good performance, beaten three lengths in the William Reed, got a mile back on that occasion at Mooney Valley. We know that's hard to run on. And then even at Eagle Farm in the group two was beaten at 1.8 lengths, got well back. The speed should suit it. Still hasn't won for 400 days, though, but it would probably be the only other one I'd suggest putting any money on at all. It's all giga kick for me, Matty. Love it, mate. Shano. Uh I'll be disappointed if you say you're going against Giga Kick, <laughs> mate. You're all chips in, surely. Uh, look, I am. I think this is the thing that I find fascinating. I can't believe you got even money, $2 about him. Uh, I can't believe he's still $1.70. I've got him marked at one fifty, and I thought he'd sort of be at that price and start rolling in. So at $1.70, to my eye, he's still a little bit of value. The only thing that niggles at me about him in this race is Doombin. And, you know, he's a natural sort of drift back early, come home powerfully type of sprinter. He's drawn well in barrier number four. So I don't think Craig Williams will have him right at the back of the field. I think with just a bit of, you know, holding his position style of riding in the first stages, he'll probably settle midfield. And it does on paper look to be a pretty strongly run race. So, I think he's going to get every chance. But the only niggle I've got is sometimes horses going to Doombin for the first time, and I've been following racing pretty much all of my life. I've seen it numerous times. You just expect them to handle the track, be utterly dominant. It doesn't always happen for whatever reason. So yeah. the only niggle there is stepping out at Doombin. But I think on ability, clearly the one to beat. Utterly dominant in the all-age stakes. The form's been boosted. He looked terrific in that trial that he had on May number one. So... And he's effective on good or soft going. Yep. You know, I think early ratings had to track it around the soft five range. So I'm not sure what the weather pattern is going to be like in Queensland over the next few days, but hopefully it's 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 quite good. So they all get their chance. But his best is the best. I think he's clearly the one to beat. And as I touched on, dollar seventy to me, he still represents a little bit of value. I'm not tipping anything as the value runner, but I will say the one horse that does interest me a lot is Aft Cabin for a couple of reasons. I, I really want to see what he can do provided that Godolphin really keep him to the sprinting ranks. I know he went to the Guineas over 1,600 metres at Ramwick. He was beaten as favourite in that race. Not everything went to plan. Freshened up, came back to 1,200 metres in the arrow field. He was pretty dominant in the heavy going there. He trialled nicely, soft trial at Canterbury on May 5. He's drawn inside Giga Kick, so James McDonald will probably do everything to, to stick with Giga Kick for as long as he can. But I think it's a long-term proposition. Aft Cabin in a Group 1 sprint race interests me to see where he sort of fits into the equation. But very much all about Giga Kick with the slight caveat that uh, Dooman for the first time just might be one of the reasons why we're getting perhaps a little bit of uh, value in the price compared to what I thought he should be. Uh, I reckon he's just going to smash him on the weekend, to be honest. Uh, <laughs> that's, that's why run it? <laughs> that's it. <laughs> 
Hey, listen, let's turn our attention to Adelaide now. South Australian Derby, of course, race number seven at Morpherville on the weekend. This is going to be a cracker too. Uh, the Palmerbet market, she's fit at 480. Promises kept at six bucks. Loco at $6.50. Swazuro at $8. Aberfeldy Boy at $11. Red Sun Sensation, 13 bucks. Dunkel at $14. And High Approach, 17 bucks. I'm going to come back to you, Ad. Uh, I'm liking one at a bit of a price, a horse that uh, I was on right from the very first start at one at Mooney Valley on a Friday night. Uh, I reckon it was before, it was Derby Eve uh, last year, and that's a horse called Dunkel. Um, what are your thoughts on the SA Derby, Shano? I think this is one of the toughest races to work out uh, that I've looked at for quite some time. Um, and I'll be honest, like when I started sort of working my way through the field, at one stage I still had about eight winning chances as we get into the... <laughs> yeah. So, Open, isn't look, it? Yeah, look, it's tough, but I like it at the same time. It sounds weird, but there are two horses that are big prices that I'm going to play on this race. Uh, my best, uh, using that terminology, I like high approach at $17 each way. Johnny Allen's chasing his fifth South Australian derby, as Adam touched on at the top of our, our chat today. His record in South Australia is phenomenal. He's in red-hot form at the moment, John. And this Dan O'Sullivan train galloper just continually gets ignored in the market. He was $101 in the ATC derby. Sydney. His run there was quite outstanding. He settled at the back of the field. He was arguably the strongest to the line late in the race, so we know that he'll stay. He had no luck in the Alistair Clark the start before, went wide. Uh, I think his recent jump out, was able to look at that the other day from Horsham, over 1,400 metres on May 1, was a ticking over jump out, but he looked pretty impressive. He's drawn barrier number five. I think he'll settle, say, midfield in the run. And at $17, I think he's a great each-way chance at that price. I actually thought he'd be maybe sort of that 11 to $12 mark. So to me, at that price, I'm really quite keen on him i like him a lot now my value bet i'm going for one at a massive price here and that is captain pluto trent busserton natalie young daniel moore in the saddle i think we're stables probably gonna get a, well yeah stables in great form and they know how to win derbies right now he's 51 dollars. he's on a quick backup from winning last week at cranbourne over the extended 2000 meters He's an on-pace stayer so from inside gate barrier number one he'll either push forward to try and lead or be bang on speed throughout. He gives me every impression that he'll relish the trip. And $51, again, he's one that I thought he's probably now about three times the, the price what I thought he would be in the market. I thought he'd be sort of around that $15, $16. So he's representing value. So in a really tough derby, I'm going for two. High approach each way is my best at $17. I'm going to have a spec bet on Captain Pluto each way at around $51 and should be a great race as the derby tends to be each year. Now, Ads, uh, I'm going to be disappointed if you don't stick fat with your WA runner here uh, and be very well supported. And uh, it be a great story too, Chrissy Parnham, if he could uh, win the South Australian W with She's Fit. Matty, you know I'm loyal. Of course, I'm staying with She's Fit, number 16, best bet, uh, to be winning this race. Look, um, she's trying to do what Delicacy did. Obviously, Delicacy did the double in Perth and the double in South Australia. She hasn't been able to do that, but it'd be great to see her win a group one over there. It'd be great for Chris Parnham and also Daniel Morton. Uh, look, I like the the way this is mapped up. She's drawn Barry 11 here compared to Barry 15 in the Australasian Oaks. I like Chris Parnham getting back in the saddle. He's two from three on her. In the last 12 months, he's ridden 482 horses for Daniel Morton with 115 winners at 50 at 24%, and he's finished in the top three 50% of the time. These two have a phenomenal straight rate 
in Western Australia at the moment. They are just the formidable combination and they, I think they can do it everywhere. So uh, the stable is flying. Even Daniel Morton in, in the last 12 months has had uh, 20% strike rate and average price of about 5.30. So he's not winning with $2 pops all the time either. And the big thing to note with her is that in the Group 3 Oaks, they go very slow in the staying races in Perth. So they went 16 lengths slower than the class average when she was still able to win the Group 3 Oaks. Then they still went really slow in, in the Derby and wasn't quite able to get over the top of them. We saw last time she goes across to South Australia, she gets that genuine tempo that we're used to in staying races when you add Victorian horses and South Australian horses in it. She got on the big track. They went five lengths faster than the benchmark early and we got to see that turn of foot that she possessed and she ran the fastest last 200 to the finish and I think now she's going to be even more suited by the tempo, the bigger track, Chris Parnham back in the saddle who knows her well, better barrier. I think it ticks all of the boxes there. So looking forward to seeing how she goes. I think you'll get more than $5 on the day as well, being the Perth horse. I think they'll back a lot of others, so you'll get a bigger price. Um, but, yeah, I think she's the one to beat. Craig Williams gave her a great push after that as well. And my value bet is the horse that you mentioned, Dunkeld, and it's for similar reasons that this is a horse I've followed a long time through. The last three races, early on in the races, they've gone 22 lengths slower than benchmark, 11 and a half lengths slower than benchmark, and seven lengths slower. He is a huge horse, and in one of them, he's been stuck on the rail. He has never got to really stride into a race and show that turn of foot that he's got. So I think the speed really suits him. He gets a good draw. He gets a big track and he gets Billy Egan in the saddle. Now, I know Billy rides with Paddy Payne all the time, but he still was a last start winner on Bengal Boys. So even though there's that friendship, I think if he thought Bengal Boy was better, he'd ride it. I think he honestly believes Dunkeld's a better horse. I think he's pulled the right string there. I think this horse can win at a price as well. Yeah, it's going to be a cracking addition. Uh, very, very open race now. What about uh, the rest of the land? Have you got anything else for us, uh, Shane Anderson? Yeah, I'm keen to play a couple of horses. Uh, I really like uh, at Doombin Race 7, the Rough Habit. Uh, I think Kovalika is a good thing. Um, currently at around that $1.95 for Chris Waller. Um, I'm hoping we might get even money about it, but a terrific win last start in the Guineas up in Queensland. He's proven at Doombin over the trip previously. I think he is a, a likely Queensland Derby prospect, so I'm quite keen on Kovalika. And there's two at Flemington at a big price that I'm happy to play. Uh, race three, number two, La Crema. I liked it at the Bull, but it was scratched when the track got down to the heavy range. Currently each way at around $15, $16. I think La Crema is good value fresh. An old vow and declare, the Melbourne Cup winner running around in the Andrew Ramsden, currently at $13 each way. Great bet when Mike Marlin, the short price favourite, is dominating the, the market a little bit. I think vow and declare has got out to a, a stupid price, and I'm happy to play it at the each way. So uh, hopefully we'll land a, a few decent price winners over the weekend. Beautiful, mate. Uh, Ads, what about you, buddy? Are we going back to WA or are we going to stick we'll go. Yeah, we will. We will go back to WA, Matty. Weights haven't even been, uh, acceptance haven't been locked in yet, so it was a little bit tough to do early, but I'll go with the main event, race eight, number four. We'll go with Resortman again. I think you might remember I threw it out as a value pick for the Quokka. It ran really good in the Roma over 1,100 metres. was only beaten 2.2 lengths in the Quokka. This is the horse that ran fourth in the Group 1 Railway Stakes as well. Gets out to 1,400 metres now. Paul Harvey in the saddle, barrier one. I think he can run a nice race. No odds or anything out yet, but I think you'll still get a nice little price about him. Love it, mate. Nothing else for the battlers, big fella? That's it, mate. Just that one for us. We'll just get the win and get out. I'm going to go uh, Flemington, race one, number nine. Uh, first starter from the Paddy Payne Yard. Each way all day for mine. Uh, I don't know how, nine-va? Nine-va? Nine-va, maybe? 
about 11 bucks anyway. It's a hard one to pronounce, but uh, that'll Live be it to Matty Hill. Hill, mate, the best in the business. Um, so that's me, race one number nine, uh, each way, a first starter in the first event. Hey, listen, boys, download the Palmer Bet app, get involved, gamble responsibly, do it in a responsible manner, and always remember what you're actually really gambling with. Fantastic to see both you blokes doing so well, too. Uh, the weather over in Copenhagen looks like it's improving, mate. Spring has sprung here in Europe, Maddie, and uh, it's changed my mood dramatically. It's taken a long time, but now I'm actually getting out of bed smiling. What about old mate behind me? I reckon he's checking out my car there, boy. <laughs> yeah, make sure, make sure it's still there in five minutes. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, and everything's going good in LA, buddy. Yeah, going well, mate. Can't complain at all. So good to be back on with you, boys, and hopefully uh, we found a few winners. Fantastic. It is wonderful to talk to you, blokes. The best in the business. And you have been tipping the house down over the last couple of months, too, you two, uh, which is fantastic. It's going to be a great weekend of racing, of course. Adelaide, Queensland, uh, New South Wales, and Flemington, of course, as well. It's going to be magnificent. Uh, as I said, we'll talk next week, boys, hopefully with uh, pockets full of cash. Sounds good. See you, boys. Think. Is this a bet you really want to place? For free and confidential support, call 1-800-858-858 or visit gamblinghelponline.org.au.